0: Our reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 5. To the elders and the flock. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast to him be the power for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Elizabeth
1: elders were looking for look around you. Do you see any? Um, It's an interesting time. And somebody has said to me just this week, well, tell me what I'm looking for when I go to vote for an elder. So um, I looked around the, the chapters, and uh, this chapter in First um, Peter five, we kind of prayed through as elders a number of months ago, and uh, I love its imagery, and I thought, let's just put ourselves into First Peter five for a morning. But let me start with two images of the week that's passed. I had been a little bit distraught a few weeks ago at the Celtic Rangers Cup game. The game, we all know it's going to be fiery, it's going to be tense. but there was something that happened in that game and after the game that disturbed me more than usual. That instead of it finishing at the end of the game, it went on into the press conferences of the week that was to come. Managers defending their players on both sides for what nobody should be defending anybody for. I was a little bit rattled with it and I thought I'd write write something for my blog and that. But then I thought, hang on a minute. I'm sure Rangers and Celtic, they're big clubs, it's big industry, millions of pounds turnover. I'm sure behind the scenes, there are lots of people doing all kinds of great work to stop these things happening. So Steve, just step back and let those people do their thing. Until this week. And watched again the follow-up battle, really. And there'd been a game in between. So it just seemed to me that something needed done. So I ranted on the blog and went to see the Lord Mayor. And, and, well, I was meeting with him anyway. Sandra and Anne and I were at a conference on uh, Thursday morning. So I talked to him. Can we not, as a city that is damaged on the streets by what happens in that stadium and on that television, complained to the hierarchy of those companies to sort it out. I was delighted when I got home at lunchtime and the Scottish Parliament had been talking about it. At last somebody might do something that we should have as our role models in a society... People who fight at the end of football matches in front of thousands of people. Surely that's not what we're looking for at management level. Surely that wouldn't go down anywhere else other than the banks. No, surely that wouldn't. Well, it probably would. The banks just seem to be. Anyway, uh, don't get me onto the banks. Um, Surely in any other society, those guys would have gone in the next morning and they would no longer be doing what they're doing. The Queen comes to Queen's University and on camera two of the professors are punching each other's lights out. What would happen? This is management level. It was an image that disturbed me and I was unaware that wife beating went up 70% usually on a Celtic Rangers football match day if that was the kind of incident. I was just thinking of the thugs in the streets of Belfast. Example. The other image that brightened up my week was Friday night. Three of our mid-teens are at the front of Fitzroy's Get Talent. And instead of doing their dance, they decided they would get us all to do their dance. Now I'm not sure what all the stuff was that they were I know they were trying to start a lawnmower and they were doing all this stuff and and so as soon as they did it at the front led him by Kyle Otterson. We all had to do it. And so I'm thinking, oh, we'll see how this goes. Well, guys, I looked across that hall, and I was, I kid you not, in heaven. The example, the image of family, what community should look like, was just incredible. It was also very funny. When Steve Cole and I got to do a bit of freestyling together, it was scary. But there was something about that community where our teenagers could get up and that our 70 and 80 year olds and everything in between would just become a part of what they were doing that I thought, thank you God that the Stockmans were dragged into this. It was incredibly special. Because the example shown by our elders, not necessarily the ones you're going to vote for, was an example that I want my children to take with them into their future. That when teenagers get up and ask them to do something crazy, that they will just get into it because this is our family and we're going to support them in what they're doing. Now, those are the two images. And I look at this chapter in 1 Peter 5 and I think we are looking for examples. This is what the elders should be. They should be shown an example to the rest of the congregation. We should be looking for people that we would like to say they're elders in our congregation because of the way they live their lives. Not only in here, but in work, at home, at the golf club, at the yacht club, wherever it is that we move or breathe. That we would have elders that would show examples. Now here's the first thing I want to say to you. If you're looking for a perfect one, they're not out there. But I remember when John Dixon, my minister when I was a teenager, was um, ordained or installed in Harville Presbyterian. Um, I think it was Alistair Dunlop who was speaking about him and he said this, he said, he says, John Finlay is not perfect, but John Finlay aims and attempts to be as perfect as as humanly as possible with the help of the Holy Spirit. We're looking for people that will show us a good example. Now, I've been involved in many churches, so I'm glad I can say many churches because I don't have to tell you where these illustrations are from. But here's what you're not looking for. You're not looking for the pagan, unbelieving husband of a spiritual woman to vote for. I've been in churches where we can't vote for the woman. So we look for the most spiritual woman, and we vote for her husband. He probably doesn't even go. Oh, no, no, we can laugh about it, but I have sat on that session. Or the other one. Elder turned to me once and he said... If I'd known that lending that tractor and trailer to move those stones would have got me into this, I would not have lent them the tractor or trailer. (laughs) We're not looking for people that lend us tractors and trailers. We're not looking for the most spiritual husband of the wife or the most spiritual, well, we are. We're looking for the most spiritual. Let's think about what we're looking for. And I love this passage because I think there's an image here that we could have in the forefront of our mind that we would look for shepherds of the flock. Shepherds of the flock. It's a great image it's a biblical image and the interesting thing is and this has fascinated me all week when we come to the the crib still there for me i still have that image of it. it's a wonderful image when we think of the shepherds at the crib on uh, christmas day these shepherds they're they're them they're the last of the last they're the balamina farmer they're the colchi um sorry there's balamina farmers in here that will be rare offended by that sorry hell huh? um but uh, they're the people on the outside they're the people on the fringes the, the shepherds weren't the ones that would be And yet there's this other side where God right the way through the scriptures, the Lord is our shepherd. He guides us. He leads us to the quiet waters. He gets us to the green pastures. He's with us when we're going through the difficult times. Shepherds. Or Jesus, when he was talking about himself and the Pharisees, they want to devour. But I'm the good shepherd. I look after the flock and I need to go and I need to reach the flock that are not at this time of our flock. Jesus seeing himself as a shepherd. And here we're talking, we're talking about the shepherds of the flock that is under our care. Compassionate. The compassionate care of people. Jesus saw the crowds. And it says he saw that they were like sheep without shepherds. And he had compassion on them a great image here we are as a little flock in this part of Belfast well coming in from all parts of North Down and South Antrim and elsewhere to this little part of Belfast where we find ourselves as a family on a Sunday morning and doing various other things out of here during the week but also scattered around in the work that we do all around the city And what we need to think about as we're thinking about putting some names that are on the organ here up for election as elders are who are those amongst us who can lead this flock compassionately, caring for them? Who are the ones that can think courageously about how to go out into the next field to uh, just to reach out into the community? Who will see the people in the community, whether it's those in financial difficulties because of business down botanic, those in academic difficulties because of academia at Queen's University, those in all kinds of other problems down in the Holy Land or the Lower Ormo, who is going to be courageous enough to see them as sheep without shepherds and say that we as a community in the Jesus that we worship and we follow has some way to meet their needs? Because your elders are going to be making those decisions. I guess the time we see them will be now when they give out the bread and the wine at communion. But on Thursday night we'll be in the back. Nobody else will be there, but we'll be making decisions. What are we going to do about buildings? Are we going to send that down to committee to think about that a little bit harder? How's the financial implications of that? Let's send that to the finance committee. How are we going to do with this new relationship with Mornington? What are we going to do about poverty in our community? What are the things that are going to happen in this congregation over the next five to ten years? The people that we elect in these next weeks will be the people who are responsible to take those decisions. Make sure they're carers for the sheep. The sheep of this pasture and the sheep of others. Make sure that they would be able to make spiritual decisions with vision and insight. I sometimes think of those shepherds where here's a bit of grass, but the grass is running out. Where are we going to next? And these shepherds had to have a little bit of vision as to how they would move the sheep around. Maybe they had to move the sheep around and they had to think there's going to be a few dangers there. There's going to be a few distractions there. How am I going to get them from A to B to C? Wise, discerning shepherds. Caring for the sheep but not just a care that was so naive that they couldn't robustly care for them, but they could pragmatically and practically make the decisions that were needed in order to take that flock to the full potential of what that flock could be. We are a congregation where there are so many things happening at once, and we need elders who are going to be there to see us through those times. There's bad news and good news. As you look around and as I look around, there are many. It is a celebration of choice. But that's a bit bad news as well. Because if we all vote for all the different ones, we might not get any, because you need 30% of the vote. So I'm trying to ask as, as I'm asking myself, How do we get the leaders, the shepherds, to take us forward? Think about passages like this. The characters there, I could have read from Titus. It says, uh, don't vote on drunken people. And I'm thinking, I'm too wise to you. Or violent people. You know, there's no gun toters out there that imagine you're going to vote for. So that's why I went for that that's closer to who we are. I think one of the big things that we're gonna have to look at in this congregation in the next phase will be pastoral care. Dorothy and I are stretched. We're gonna need to work out how do we pastorally care for this flock? The people you choose. If we make this partnership with Mornington and decide to become a real social outreach in the lower Ormond, we're gonna need to make big decisions. Who are the elders that could give us a vision and mission? As we try to hold together this family that were there on Friday night in our worship. Who are the elders that are going to help us to hold together such a wide-ranging family with worship? As other members from, um, I think, people who seem to have been a little bit um, disillusioned elsewhere. Find a spiritual home here and our numbers increase. How do we deal with that as a congregation? Those decisions will not be made by the minister because this is not my congregation. This is your congregation. You were here before I came. You'll be here after I go. In fact, the first two years after I go, they'll not let me come back to talk to you. I'm only temporary. The guys and girls, the women and men that you vote for in this next election are Fitzroy. They're your leaders. They will be your shepherds. They will be the ones to lead us forward. So let's think through 1 Peter 5. Let's go to the other sections in the New Testament where it talks about elders. And let's prayerfully consider who are those who would be the best shepherds of this flock? Let's pray. Lord, this is a major decision in our family life, and we committed to you. And we ask you to guide and lead us as a congregation as to who those people are amongst us who would be able to be wonderful shepherds for this flock. For those who are caring, spiritually mature and discerning, wise and visionary, able to be flexible to think through the issues, to move the flock on, to see where the flock needs to reach out to next or where we need to begin to care inwardly. Lord, there are many things that are piling up around us that makes us excited about the future, but we need leadership who can take us forward. And so we ask that you would, by your Spirit, move amongst us to help us as we think through those names, to think of those. Who could live out first Peter five in our midst. We ask it in your name. Amen.